Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians, and we'll be there a little bit later. So there's an old uh, there's an old rule when it comes to cowboying and ranching and having livestock and stuff like that, is that if you have to open a gate to go through it, what do you do when you go through it? You close it, <laughs> right? And uh, that is one of the earliest things that you learn, or at least you should learn. Because I don't know what it is, but you're really good at it for a long, long time. And then you reach a certain level of maturity that you don't think that it applies to you anymore. Maybe not you, but I don't think it applies to me. Because not too long ago, we've got a little dump site on the ranch. It was an old silage pit that we throw some old wood and stuff that you can't put in the dumpster in and stuff like that. And anyway, my horses were turned out in the pasture. And I pulled up my look, and they are in the forest the furthest corner from the gate that they can be in. Now, I've got to go quite a ways down the fence line to the dump, but they're way out there. And I thought, there's, there's no way. There's no way on earth that I can't get over there to that dump and get back here before. Those horses that aren't even paying attention can get out this gate. Because, I mean, they would have to go through another gate that is open because the two pastures were open. They'd have to go through that gate to go through that gate and then go past three huge double stacked piles of hay. One of them being alfalfa. And then they'd have to go around here and get out. There's no way. I'll just run down the, I'll just run down the fence and the gator right here and dump this stuff. I'll come right back. I went down there. I'm dumping stuff and went, oh no, because here they come. I'm like, how do they know? How do they know? So I'm throwing stuff, right? And I close the tailgate and I jump in and I'm like, eh, and the gator goes like four miles an hour, right? And I'm like, ah, pushing with my leg. You know what I mean? And sure enough, I'm trying to cut them off at the pass. Hopefully the engine sound drowned out the words that I was using in reference to my lovely horses. I, I used their papered names. You ever done that? You don't call them by their, you, you don't call them by their given names. You start using papered names. They beat me by 10 feet. You good old boys turned into some sorry pieces of dog food, glue factor. I, I'm going to sell both of you. And i like, okay, they got out of the pasture, but they're not getting on the highway because in order to get on the highway, they'd have to go past the hay, turn down the drive. Oh, no! My gator will go as fast as they can run down the bar ditch. And not a mile and a not one mile an hour faster. We were looking at each other in each other's eyeballs. I was thinking about car chasing him, you know, like boom, bump him, right? Oh my gosh. I got him back in. I got him back in. You know, we, we think that we can just leave the gate open and, and do something real quick and be okay, right? 
It, it never works out that way. You would think after being 23 years old that I would have this down by now and know better. But we don't. We don't. We think we can just leave the gate open and everything will be okay. Unfortunately, that same attitude is often used with sin. We leave the gate open. And while we may not let something out, we might leave the gate open and let something in. That's what we will talk about today is, is when we leave that gate open and, and just for sake of continuity, we're going to say that something gets out, okay? When we, when we know that it could, the reverse, when we're talking about sin, something could get in too. But whichever way works for you, let it work for you. But know that while we talk about the things that we do wrong by leaving the gate open and what the Bible says to do about it, I want you to understand one thing, that this isn't a sermon of accusations. It's a call. It's a call to be better than we are today. It's a call that, that maybe we've kind of taken one step off the highway or, or, or the trail. Maybe we've stepped off the hard, narrow trail onto that wide road for just a second. It's not a call. It's, this isn't a sermon of accusations. It's a sermon. It's a clinic on a call back to the narrow trail. Let's look at three ways that we leave the gate open. Number one, listen, the rules don't change. Okay? The rules don't change as you get older. We leave the gate open by revisiting old sins and habits that we thought we'd mastered. Right? I can't tell you how many times I worked for so long to maybe stop thinking negatively or, or maybe assuming what somebody meant or, or something like that. I worked really, really hard to not do that anymore and I accomplished it. And then years later, I think, well, since I've got that handled now, I can do it and it won't cause a problem. That is stupid. It will get out every single time. You know, if, if God had you stay away from it then, he's not calling you back and being like, oh, you're immune to it now. No, he had you stop doing that for a reason because it hurts us. And you did stop it. Why are we going back to it? But the Bible warns us that that is our nature. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, if you're one of these that wishes they could like remember Bible verses more, this is a, this is a good one because it's 2 Peter 2, 22, right? And it says this, there is, and I'm going to read it out of the Simplified Cowboy Version, but it's going to be right real close to what your Bible says. There's truth in the old saying, a dog goes back to its own vomit. Another old saying that is true. A clean pig will return to the mud at the first opportunity. And unfortunately, it's spot on. There are so many times in, in every Christian's life that, that they, they get going good, man, and then they just kind of backslide into something that, that, that they had mastered or that they had died to self or repented from. It's so easy when times get hard just to leave that gate open Mm. But sometimes things get in that shouldn't be in or get out that shouldn't be out. You know, I have, I have quit dipping Copenhagen twice in my life. And I have quit smoking 
twice in my life. And so what that means is that that makes me a four-time fool, right? Because I did exactly what. Now, I want anybody here that dips or smokes. I am not saying that dipping or smoking is a sin. It was a sin for me because it controlled me. I'm not judging you for doing anything. I'm only talking about me. I quit dipping twice. You would have thought that I learned because the, the first time I quit, I thought it was going to kill me. Either it was going to kill me or my wife and my family was going to kill me. And everybody just giggled, knows somebody tried to quit Copenhagen. It is deathly, deathly hard to do. It is hard to do, and I did it twice. And usually how I quit dipping Copenhagen was I started smoking cigarettes, because that's how I work. That's why I said I've quit both of them twice, right? You know, you quit the uh, Copenhagen and then get to cigarettes and then quit Copenhagen, go to cigarettes, quit cigarettes, go back to Copenhagen. And it really wasn't like that, but you get the deal. I was a, I was a four-time fool, but some people ain't strong enough to quit once, and I've done it four times. So I just, you know, you, you just got to count your victories when you get them. You know what I mean? But we do that with sin. We think just because we whipped them once, we can handle it this time. You know, uh, in our last podcast, um, if you don't know what a podcast is, I'm not going to explain it to you. Have some young person explain it to you. But in our podcast, you can listen to all our clinics, or that's what we call our sermons. You can listen to all of our clinics. But we also have a deal that we try to do, and it's called Cowboy Conversations. And in our last podcast, I made a statement about dying to self that I think is appropriate here about going back to things that, you know, we should stay away from. God brought us out from under that stuff, stay out from under it. And it was this, that, that whenever I came up here to start Save the Cowboy, um, I was married, had my kids on the ranch in Kinosa, Texas, and I wanted to raise my kids on the family ranch at Kinosa, Texas. I was a pastor at the same time. I was bivocational, making great money. I mean, six figures, truck, plane coming to get me, blah, blah, blah. And God asked me, he said, would you give up everything that you've ever wanted for what I want? And I said, yes. I said, yes. So we were talking about dying to self. And I said, I thought I'd given everything up for God. And I had. I had. But I think that dying to self is when you give up everything and then realize later that you had lost nothing. When you've given everything up and you realize later that you didn't lose anything, you gained even more. Keep that in mind the next time you want to go back or, or you're tempted to maybe just leave that gate open or, or maybe you don't even leave it open. You don't latch it, right? Because that's how sin gets in. That's how problems get out. Avoid it. The rules don't change. If God wanted you to stay away from it then, he's probably asking you to stay away from it now. Don't go back and peeking in no doors, okay? Keep your gates shut. Second thing that we will talk about is the problem of been there, done that, right? Been there, done that. We leave the gate open by thinking that we've done enough, 
We've done enough. And this is, this is kind of one of those uh, funny things with me and Ty and Sarah and Blake and everything like that, that when we're having a hard time, we always laugh and go, God, can't you see everything I'm doing? Can't you help me out? You know, one time. And, and we know that that's silly, but that is a way that we leave the gate open. Is by thinking, you know what? I've done enough. Let me respond to that. You know what? You're right. You've done a lot. I cannot sit here and look out into this crowd or even look into a camera, and if I could see some of the people that I know are watching, you've done a lot. You've done a lot. You've probably done more than you even realize because that's the way that God works. You've done a lot. Done more than you even realize. You know what? You've prayed for others. And you know what I know about you? Is that you've helped people that you've never even told anyone about. Because see, sometimes we leave the gate open by thinking that we've done enough. And you know what? You've done a lot. You've sacrificed. You have bit your tongue when used to. You would just rawr, Right? You think I'm peeking into your life, don't you? You've sacrificed, you've bit your tongue, you've been taken advantage of for, something, for doing something good because remember, no good deed goes unpunished. You've been taken advantage of, and you know what? There's things that I can't even imagine to list of what you've done. You've done so much that you probably can't even remember all of the good things you've done. You've helped, you've pushed, you've encouraged, you've been there, you've sat, you've laughed, you've cried. You know what? You've done a lot. You've done a lot. So keep going. So keep going. I'm not saying that you haven't done a lot. I know that you have. I, look at Save the Cowboy. And you will see the fruit of all that y'all have done online and here. I know you've done enough, but that is a reason to keep going. Look what we've accomplished in this amount of time. What could we accomplish in this amount of time for God, for the kingdom? I know you've done a lot. Let's do more. Let's do more. You're better off now than you were then. So why are we going to stop growing now? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Also, in our last podcast, uh, I told everyone that, you know, when, when it comes to uh, thinking, well, I've been there and done that, I've done enough, and stuff like that. See, that's a call to the comfort zone, right? Hey, man, you know what? You've been out there doing everything. It's time just to kind of bring everything back in, and maybe you just need to rest a little while. See, the devil will always tempt us with the comfort zone. Because nothing grows in a comfort zone, okay? He don't want you growing. He can't stop you from being saved. He can't stop you from, from, from being joyful. He can't stop anything. But he can put you in a comfort zone so that you will stop growing. So I told everyone on the podcast, I said, you know, as many times as I have felt like I have been forcefully removed over the six foot you know, fence by God out of my comfort zone, thrust into everything that uh, is going to force me to grow. 
you would think I would learn my lesson. I don't think I have. As many times as God has kicked me out of my comfort zone, or as I like to refer to it, the sissy pen, okay? You'd think I'd learn my lesson, but I go jumping right back in the son of a gun. I don't know what it is. It's like every time I turn around, I'm being thrown out of my comfort zone and then I get going and I wind up right back in it for some reason because that's our nature because we leave the gate open. But Ty, but Ty helped me out on that because I was, I was kind of down on myself for, for getting back in the comfort zone. And he said, oh, don't worry about that. It's not the same sissy pen. You're just higher up on the mountain, but there's still sissy pins up there. <laughs> right? So thank you for that, Ty. I appreciate that. That, that really helped me out. <laughs> in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul talks about this. Like, he's like, man, I know what y'all been doing. I see what you've been doing. You've been doing great. So why stop? Let's keep going. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 in the Simplified Cowboy Version says this. So cowboys, sit tall in the saddle. And don't ever quit riding for the brand because your work down here makes a difference. That's why I want you to keep going. That's why I don't want you to, well, I've been there, done that. I got the t-shirt. I've done enough. You know what? Maybe you're right. You've done enough by worldly standards. But we ain't done enough. Because we got people out there that don't know Christ. We got people out there that are languishing in sin, trying to, to, to be something in this world when really what their heart longs for is to have a purpose and live for another world, right? That's why we have to keep going. We leave the gate open by revisiting old sins and habits that we thought we'd mastered. And the rules don't change. If God said stay away from it, you know, 10 years ago, he's still saying stay away from it. Don't go peeking back in the barn, okay? Don't open that gate. We leave the gate open by thinking that we've done enough. God, can't you see what I've done? He says, absolutely, I can. Keep going. Let's see what else you can do. I love it. And the last thing. I didn't really know that this entire sermon would come from the podcast because I'd made my notes, you know, my outline. But as I started filling in the blanks, it seemed like the podcast kept calling, uh, coming up. But we talked about something else called progress with potential. Progress with potential. We leave the gate open to sin when we do not progress, when we do not progress with our potential. What do I mean by that? Listen. Your potential is here, not because you say it, not because I say it, because God said it. And if your progress doesn't match your potential, that leaves the gate open. It just, it, it, it leaves a crack because our progress should match our potential. And I'm not saying what that has to be. For some people, especially whenever you're a new Christian, man, you will make progress like that. And you'll be thinking, I got this Christianity thing down. Until you get, that's just cherry picking, man. <laughs> Listen, talk to any of us that work for Save the Cowboy and we'll tell you, man, Christianity is a marathon. That old, that old new Christian stuff where everybody's on fire and boy, why don't you do this? Why don't you? Man, you're going to burn out. I'm going to see you puking right down the road. <laughs> right? Progress with potential. Listen, 
You ever had God hit you with a baseball bat? You know what that feels like? No, you don't. Because God's never hit you with the baseball bat, okay? Regardless of what it feels like, God did not hit you with a baseball bat. But it probably seemed that way. Because let me let you in on a little something that you probably already know. But maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't. See, when we don't match our progress with our potential, it kind of leaves, it kind of soils our soul a little bit. Because, see, only you and God know if you are. And I think you know the answer. Here's your potential. Here's your progress. And that's probably how all of us feel. That we probably aren't progressing to our potential. But when God hits us with the baseball, or that when it seems like God is hitting us with a baseball bat, it's because our soul is longing for something. Listen, we feel unrested. As a Christian, have you ever felt like that? Like, we know all the promises of the Bible, right? We know we're saved, we're trusting in Jesus, we have a faith, we're, we're, we're uh, relying on grace, not works, lest any man should boast. You see what I'm getting at? We feel unrested, not very peaceful. Uh, joy might be a little harder to find than at other times in your life. Is any of this making any sense? Is anybody following along? Uh, and it might even feel like God is mad at you. But he's not. He's not. This feeling, when, when you feel like an unrest or like, like you know that you should have peace, but, but there just seems like something's off, right? All of this thing, this is your soul crying out to be Christ-like, to turn away from sin and to follow God. This is not God hitting you with the baseball bat. This is your soul going, please, leave that stuff alone. Let's go this direction. Let's go. We are capable of this, and, and, and we're operating right here. And the hard thing about it is we know it. We know it. This is the war between holiness and sin. This is what happens. This is the battle. We have all, Jesus has already won the battle for us, people, but we still have to fight it every day. And you know what? I think it's supposed to be like that. I think it's supposed to be like that. Or else we will grow apathetic we will become complacent listen I don't know what you've been going through but I had a sense this week from some of the stuff that I went through that a lot of us have been going through some of the same things we've had kind of a rough week and maybe some of us have had a rough month or a rough year or a rough decade maybe even a rough life but your potential is here Let's be sure that our progress maxes it or matches it. And you know what? Here's the hardest thing about this clinic is that you know, you know I'm right. You've got more. 
And I'm here to encourage you to do it. Not for me, not for Save the Cowboy, for your relationship with God. Let's push on. Let's quit leaving gates open. Let's just quit thinking that, that, that just because we mastered something before that we can just go in and out of that pen. And maybe nothing happened when you did. But eventually something's going to get in that shouldn't be in or something's going to get out that doesn't need to be out. Your soul is longing to live a Christ-like life. And if you need help with what that means, let me or Mitch or Ty or Blake or Sarah or anybody else in here. Don't feel like you have to go it alone because as Sherilyn told me last night, it takes a village. It takes a village. Now she was talking about me, you know, because I'm an idiot because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, they were supposed to be reminding me about something. But it does take a village. And you know what? There is no part of the New Testament that doesn't vastly insinuate that we are not supposed to be Christians alone. That's what Ecclesia is. A group of like-minded people that believe in Christ. We're here for you. Y'all are here for us. Let's go make our progress, meet our potential. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for who you are and, and how you just make things simple for us. You, you, just, you just dive right in and you're just honest with us. You don't try to hurt our feelings and you don't condemn us. You just say, look, man, you're capable of more. And you know it. But the more that, that we do brings glory to God and it brings rest for our souls. So if we've, if we've been hurting, if we've been struggling, the answer is not in quitting. The answer is in keep going. And God, I pray that you're strong princes and princesses, the children of God that we are, will find the courage to do so. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.